0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy
0: Hickmott. It's Friday the 8th of November. Coming up, man who murdered missing former partner jailed for 27 years.
2: As a family, we miss Sarah every day. There is no bandage big enough to repair the wounds that is left behind. We. Will not, however, allow Ben Lacomba to destroy our lives.
0: Trauma packs installed in Maidstone.
3: The idea is we, we get them out as many locations as we possibly can in town in the event of a situation where there's a critical injury. These packs will basically save a life.
0: And shoppers angry at mother care closing down sale. There isn't anything on sale. Really quite annoyed that I've wasted my time. Kent Online News. The former partner of a missing mum of five from Kent has been told he'll serve at least 27 years for her murder. Sarah Wellgreen was last seen at Bays' Shore in New Ash Green on the 9th of October last year. Her body's never been found. 39-year-old Ben Lacombe has always denied killing her but was convicted by a jury. Last week, Sarah's son Lewis Burdett has been speaking outside court after the sentencing.
2: On the 10th of October last year, my beautiful mother, Sarah Jane Wellgreen, was killed, was murdered by her ex partner, Ben Lacomba, the father of the three youngest children. Her body has never been recovered despite extensive searches, both by Kent police and volunteers from the local community where she lived in, at New Ash Green. The date Ben Lacomba has ref- refused to admit his guilt and to cooperate with the police the truth about what happened that night he took her life away because Ben Lacombe has refused to reveal the location of Sarah's body we her family have been unable to mourn Sarah's passing or lay her to rest in peace in place of our choice Sarah leaves behind her mother Anne Jim her father her two eldest sons me and Jack her brother Marcus as well as a large family in Scotland Her three youngest children have been left without a mother or father and their young lives destroyed beyond comparison. Today, as far as the law is concerned, justice has been served for Sarah. Ben Lacombe has been sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum term of 27 years. We hope he will will never be released unless he admits his guilt and reveals the location of her grave. To date, he has shown no remorse or care for either Sarah or his own children. As a family, we miss Sarah every day. There is no bandage big enough to repair the wounds that is left behind the per- pre- premature death. We will, however, allow Ben. Le- help allow Ben Lecombe. We will not, however, allow Ben Lecomber to destroy our lives. Our priority will be to give Sarah's three youngest children every opportunity to be the best they can be and be able to have a full and happy life knowing their mother loved them. She will not be there to congratulate them on their achievements or to console them on their disappointments, but we will be there every step of the way for them. We would like to express our heartfelt thanks and gratitude to all members of the Kent Police, whose hard work and grit determination led ben Le- led to Ben Lacombe being sentenced today. Special thanks to DC Ivan Beasley and DC Celia King and our family liaison officer, who has gone above and beyond the call of duty. Without their support and compassion, we could not have survived this nightmare. We are indebted to you. The family would also like to thank Alison Morgan and her team for their professionalism and dedication to bringing Ben La to the trial. Also Kent Social Service for their ongoing support to our family and for the children. Finally, we would like to say a massive thank you to the founding members of the Search for Sarah Wellgreen Facebook team and all the volunteers who have continued to search for Sarah in all weather conditions. We are internally grateful to you all. Thank you. Kent Online reports.
0: Elsewhere today, police have revealed more details about the 39 people found dead in the back of a lorry in Essex near the Dartford Crossing. Ten of the victims were teenagers, with the two youngest being 15-year-old boys. The Vietnamese nationals died in a refrigerated trailer which arrived in the UK from Belgium last month. Talks are underway between governments in London and Hanoi about returning their bodies to their families. A man in his 40s has died after his car was involved in a crash with a parked lorry near Dartford. Police and the air ambulance were called to Greenhithe yesterday afternoon and part of London Road was closed for around four hours. Investigators are keen to speak to witnesses or anyone with dashcam footage. Maidstone has become the first town in Kent to install life-saving medical kits which can be used to treat injuries from stabbings, accidents or even terror attacks. The emergency trauma. Packs contain things like bandages, thermal blankets and haemorrhage kits. They've been put in places including Fremlin Walk, McDonalds and the Brenchley. Joe's been speaking to Greg Wayland from the group One Maidstone who's been helping train staff on how to use the kits.
3: They are going to save lives. We, we work closely, One Maidstone working closely with um, Kent Police promoting the emergency trauma packs. Uh, the idea is we, we get them out as many locations as we possibly can in town in the event of a situation where there's a critical injury, these packs will basically save a life. That's what they're designed for. They're, they're a um, military grade spec, they've been designed by the army. Um, I know they work. I've worked, used something similar in real life in the army. Uh, they are designed to save a life, and it's vital we get them around town.
4: I mean, vital, and obviously, money's being spent on them, and I, I suppose ideally it's a preventative measure at the end of the day. You don't want to have to use them, but.
3: Exactly, yeah. But, yes, they can be quite expensive, but. Compare that to the price of a life. You know, £500 for a big bag, the, the bag will last for five years. £80 for a small bag, again, it will last for five years. Compared to the, the saving somebody's life, it's, it's a no-brainer. It, it, it's, it's about saving life. Tell us a little bit about the aim of this, because obviously the aim is getting everyone involved
4: with this. Tell us a little bit about
3: it. The, the aim is to promote, One Maystone, we want to promote this around the town. We've um, allocated five venues so far, the mall shopping centre, Fremlin Walk, uh, the Brenchley, and two mcdonalds have the large packs um, it, it gives us for, for the area it gives us good coverage so we have packs in places so the people that are trained and people that need it have access to it
4: there are vital checkpoints almost i suppose they're, they're places that a lot of people would would go to i suppose but exactly yeah the, the aim the is getting at least someone everywhere to be
3: my, my my goal is to get as many packs out as possible in town um, i'm training the people on how to use the equipment the training is free. Um, I, I would rather I have somebody from every single shop in town trained on how to use the pack and nobody ever has to use it. If I, if I can get somebody trained from each shop and never has to use it, i you know, it, It's not a waste of time as far as I'm concerned, it's not a waste of money. You know, we, we just have, have that in place we, and then we can promote it from Maystone, we can promote it around Kent and then a story, I suppose.
4: Well, exactly. people might look at it and go, "Oh my God, I'm not. I'm. I, I don't want to have to be caught up in a situation like that. It's really daunting. Oh my God, I, I might have to be to react in that situation. and know where these packs are, but it's not necessarily them specifically saving them lives. It's it's that first initial treatment, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah.
3: this it is a it's a scary scenario when you that if a pack has to be used, it is a scary scenario. It's been proven that the majority of people will run towards an incident and help. It's a proven fact. Um, you know, people will help. People even like the first day train, they will try and help. You know, so if we can get the packs out of there and the equipment is available it, it, it doesn't take a genius to use the equipment. You know, it, it, it's all about making sure that we have the, the, them in place and they're there just in case it has to be used
0: these people who work in maidstone have been getting trained up to use the equipment
5: i'm monica O'Shea, and i work for mcdonald's well, two of our stores now carry the emergency trauma packs um the drive-through one and the Week street branch and i'm in charge of first aid training
4: how important is it that you know if a, an emergency god forbid what's to happen that you guys are prepared for it i suppose well
5: it's essential really um because we're one of the first responders we would get there a long time before the ambulance would
4: I suppose it's not necessarily a case of you know, having to do all the things that the emergency services would do, but I suppose it's that initial treatment that really does help, doesn't it?
5: Yes, it's our job to keep them alive, essentially, for the emergency services. Why was it,
4: was it almost pushed upon you as, as, as a trader to, to get involved with this, or was it something that you thought maybe is, is really important to get involved with, obviously, to help in emergency situations?
5: Obviously we want to be as involved as we can be, Um, you know, the the franchisee is involved in all of the town centre meetings and things like that because he wants to be as involved as possible Um, and he thinks it's essential that we're all a part of that.
4: How great has this been today, learning how to use it, obviously you must have first first aid training already, but this is just an extra step and I suppose new kit.
6: To help yes,
5: you. it's a kit that we're not actually allowed to carry otherwise but this is obviously exceptional circumstance.
6: Uh, my name is Ricky Johnson and I operate the Brenchley in Mainstone. Tell
5: us a
4: little bit about why you got involved um, as, a, as a really important half-up a checkpoint in the town and such, maybe
6: on a weekend uh, Well yeah, most definitely. Um, it was floated as an idea a short while ago that we should do this as a town centre. Uh, we already provide first aid training for our staff of course but this is a a much more advanced level of first aid training that we felt that our location required that we should be part of.
4: I suppose as a central hub in in Maidstone in in the square almost it is almost vital that you guys can be first responders and I suppose that's quite nice to have these kits available now that can do that.
6: Well we couldn't be much more central to the nightlife in Maidstone, we are right there so if something God forbid does happen then we could hopefully help.
4: I suppose we've had incidents in the past, I wouldn't expect to comment on them, but I suppose if they, God forbid, if they are to happen again, you guys can come out and, and almost be the first people on the scene.
6: Yeah, us managers and door staff um, will be trained in, in, in this trauma kit um, in the very near future, every single one.
4: What would that do, uh, what, as a business, what would that do for you guys, I mean, more from a helping the town point of view? You guys, I suppose, it's great to be able to get involved with
6: something like this. Well, we're all from Maidstone, um, and and generally all the people that are out in Maidstone are are kind of, you know, they're they're our locals, you know, and we want to look after everybody. Um, And if we have the training to do that, then we can do that. But without the training, then we can't. So one Maidstone kindly offered to... Do a training, and we said we will be there.
0: It comes after 21-year-old Andre Bent was stabbed to death outside Gallery nightclub in August. Kent Online News: A man who tried to bring a group of people, including a child, across the Channel to Kent in a small inflatable boat has been jailed for six years. At KentOnline.co.uk, you can see a video of the moment 35-year-old Samyar Bani was stopped by border force officers off the coast in June. It was one of four boats intercepted in one day. A jury's found him guilty of human trafficking. A co-op store near Ashford has been taped off by police following a ram raid overnight. The front of the shop in Wye was damaged by a 4x4 in the early hours of this morning and the cash machine has been left lying in the middle of the path. Kent Line's been told more young people are needed to help keep the shipping industry alive. It's vital for bringing things like food and other produce into the UK from abroad. Michael Willis from Ramsgate has worked. To the port of Dover for 25 years and now gives talks to youngsters about possible careers in shipping. He's just picked up a Merchant Navy Medal for his service.
1: My job role here um, at PO is managing our company development programs for apprentices and seafaring officer cadets. Um, so, throughout our program, we've, we've got uh, 24 former apprentices that have now gone through the program and are working full-time as seafarers. I've got another 18 apprentices that are currently on programme. Uh, linked into that, we've got 54 officer cadet trainees on their three-year programme, and it's all about building a succession plan for uh, for seafarers of the future.
0: And how important is that to sort of keep this industry alive? Because obviously it's different to how it would have been hundreds of years ago or even decades ago, isn't it? But it's, it's, how important is it that younger people are still involved in it?
1: Absolutely. So I think it's critical, you know, if you think of the UK as an island nation, you know, 90% of the goods and products that are on the shelves in supermarkets, cars, manufacturing, every everything comes into the country um, via a ship um, throughout ports throughout the whole of the UK, whether that's container ships, ferries, uh, even the crude industry, you know, um, shipping for, for the UK is massively important and will continue to be important. Um, and we need people working on those ships that have got the best possible training and the best possible start to their long term careers.
0: And what sort of response do you get when you go and speak to young people about careers at sea?
1: It's exciting. Um, I mean, you know, to work on board a ship, um, potentially developing those skills to actually steer and navigate that ship. For, for example, you know, you, you talk to somebody about learning um, to drive a car and, and they can kind of put that into context because they see that happening all the time. If you tell somebody that you 're going to teach them how to steer and navigate a ship under command of the captain that that's something quite special um, you know for example our apprentices that work on our Dover Calais route um, if you think of the the uh, the Dover uh, channel the you know the Strait of Dover between um, England and France if you think of the number of ships that go up and down that route um, all the time and our ships go Dover to Calais crossing that route it's almost like uh, trying to navigate across the M25 at, at rush hour, you know, um, and to have somebody trained and qualified, able to do that, that's something quite special. It's not something everybody else gets to do in their day-to-day life.
0: And in the Kent area specifically, are there, uh, is there a lot of interest in things like sea cadets and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, the ports, uh, towns have, have sea cadets units and sea scout units. Um, and I think, you know, that that's the future generation. That's where the spark is, is initially generated but i think there there's so much more we could do to to um educate people about careers careers at sea careers within the maritime industry and not not necessarily just on board ships but you know even in the ports the harbors and within the maritime industry ashore you know somebody can go and work on board a ship have a career at sea and then transfer those skills to to a company like P&O ferries where they continue to uh, to play a part part in the maritime industry um, for, for, for a long-term career, not, not just the time they're working on board a ship. Kent online reports
0: More than 150 cannabis plants have been seized from a house in Thanet. Police made the discovery while on patrol in Ethelbert Terrace in Westgate-on-Sea on Wednesday night. They're investigating but so far no one's been arrested. Firefighters have been called to the Royal Harbour in Ramsgate after a yacht went up in flames. The blaze broke out just after five yesterday evening and is thought to have been caused by an electrical fault in the engine. Now, 750,000 poppies are going to be dropped over the White Cliffs of Dover this weekend to mark Remembrance Sunday. An original Second World War Dakota plane will carry the biodegradable flowers into the sky and let them fall in a tribute to soldiers. Former Royal Engineer Steve Craddock from Chatham will be on board on behalf of Help for Heroes.
7: I am sure so privileged and honoured to be invited as the Help for Heroes representative to fly in a Dakota, which will be flanked by two Spitfires, where we will fly across to the Battle of Britain Memorial, at capital of Fern and the White Cliffs. And we, in a mark of commemoration to those who've who lost their lives in war, will drop 750,000 poppies, um, which I think is an unbelievable Commemoration and 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 remembrance of those who give everything for us all. Well, Aero Legends, the company who run, maintain, and and um, vintage aircraft, especially aircraft from the Second World War, it's their idea, and they're based at Headcorn in Kent. But it's their idea to do this, so it, it's a purely a, a wonderful gesture. And the Dakota we'll be flying in is a genuine. Dakota that flew at Arnhem um, and when we sit in a, that aeroplane I will be sitting in the seat of a young paratrooper who may have died as he went out that, that plane so they're going to be with us that plane also has four, marks of 40 bullet holes from it when it took the paratroopers over to Arnhem it was also a glider tour. so not only did paratroopers jump out into that maelstrom of uh, fire at Ginkle Heath, But at other times it toured gliders and glider troops who then crash-landed and then fought their way um, at the Battle of Arnhem. I am so honoured, really honoured, because I'll remember my mates um, who didn't come back. Um, but I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful tribute um, and something we should be all very proud of that people are willing to do this at this point in in history because, remember, there's not many of our veterans left. And very soon, like the First World War a few years ago, it'll go into history, and the historians will get their hands on it, and we won't have those guys left to tell us firsthand what happened. So being part of that and actually flying with three um, World War II veterans who flew in those planes it's going to be something very special there's three RAF World War II veterans there's a guy called Barry Griffiths who is another Help for Heroes uh, um, beneficiary as I am as well as a fundraiser Um, and Barry's ex-RAF regiment um, and myself and they'll obviously they'll be press on board and, and things like that but it'll be a Um, it's just going to be something that I will never, ever forget because I normally only ever um, attend Remembrance in Chatham because this is home of our core and we all go in the Cannon pub at about 10 o'clock in the morning and we raise a glass of port and we toast absent friends Um, and this is the only thing that would take me away from that. So I'm, I'm, I'm very honoured and very privileged to, to take part in such a wonderful commemoration. It'll be like red snow. Um, you know, three quarters of a million poppies. And we do expect a lot of people to be at Capital of Fern, um which is the Battle of Britain Memorial, a wonderful, wonderful memorial uh, to the Battle of Britain. But I think it'll be a magnificent thing to see that, that coming down. And especially as that, that plane did fly down him, you know, and this will represent many of those lads who jumped on that day um, of the successive days. You know, none of us today can understand what that felt like as you're being fired on and anti-aircraft guns going off and everything, and then you're standing up and getting ready to jump out into that. It's going to be magnificent. I, I just hope people think at that you know, this plane called Dragamoot was the the name is the name of the plane. Um and I hope people when they see that and they see that come down. Think of those airborne warriors who jumped in not.
0: It'll be happening during the two minute silence at 11 o'clock on Remembrance Sunday. Kent Online News. You're no longer going to be able to get a bus in an Ashford housing estate after dark following a series of threats towards drivers. Stagecoach won't be running services into Bridgefield after six in the evening. Yesterday, we told you GoCoach had scrapped their route between Dartford and West Kingsdown after buses were attacked and damaged. There's anger from Kent shoppers after a closing down. Sale at mothercare left hundreds disappointed. The baby and maternity retailer is clearing stock after appointing administrators this week. They said items would be significantly reduced at its 79 UK stores. But these women in Canterbury said there are no reductions at all. I saw it on Facebook this morning that there was going to be a sale, so we've driven all the way from like the other side of Selinge um, to find that there's absolutely nothing. Really quite annoyed that I've wasted my time, to be fair. If they're going to do something, if they say that they're going to do it, they should really do it. I popped in just
5: because my friend sent me a, a sale message... And so I came and have a look to see what was on sale, but there isn't anything on sale at all. <laughs> and no notes, no notices or anything. So And did you
8: talk to the staff inside? At all?
5: No, there doesn't seem to be many. They're on the they're on the tills and there's only about two or three staff, so no one walking around. It's hard for the staff obviously because I've just had it been made redundant for my job as well, so I understand, but um, I guess if they're if they're putting messages that they're
0: closing down, the website doesn't have any sales either, so um, Yeah, I guess it's disappointing, but it's also disappointing that they're losing their jobs as well. Mothercare has been approached for a comment.
7: Kent
1: Online reports.
0: A popular activity centre in Kent has reopened after it'd been forced to shut due to travellers. Bethanger Park in Deal had been closed since Sunday, but bosses say it's now business as usual after the group of travellers moved on. As we mark the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, Kent Online's been told about Kent's connection to the historic event. You've probably seen pictures of the structure which separated East and West Germany after the Second World War, finally being torn down in 1989, but you might not know one of the biggest pieces outside of Germany can be found at the Royal Engineers Museum in Gillingham. They've been putting on activities for children to learn more about the Berlin Wall in the run-up to the anniversary, which is on the 9th of November. Rebecca Nash, who works at the museum, has been chatting to
8: Keelan on KMTV. So the Royal Engineers were stationed in Berlin since the end of the, the World War Two, and um, in 1989 when the wall fell, uh, a Royal Engineer field um, squadron uh, helped assist in taking the wall down. And in uh, 1990, the section that we have in Gillingham was uh, taken down from Berlin and shipped back across to Gillingham as a lasting memento of the work that the Corps had done in in Berlin and and obviously helping with this amazing and and really significant event. And ever since then, um, three sections of the wall have been housed with us at the Royal Engineers Museum. We've been running family activities, looking at the amazing street art that was put on the western side of the wall. Um, the, the, The section of the wall that we have at the museum has the most amazing cobra's head on it. And so we've been working with children and families that come into the museum uh, looking at the way that um, they could express ideas of peace and reconciliation and and democracy, working with um, fabric and fabric pens and stencils, etc. How important is it for yourselves to educate young people about the Berlin Wall and the history behind it? I think it's really significant, obviously not just because of the role that the Royal Engineers have, but the Berlin Wall, the fall of the Berlin Wall is one of the most momentous events in pre-war European history. and. It's really symbolic of of what can happen when societies are divided and how people really claim and and want to reclaim their freedom and and, and the importance of democracy and that whole Cold War struggle that was really played out in Germany after the war. And throughout the week, what have you found that the children have got most out of coming along? I think it's a fascinating subject for them. It's something that is, is really quite new to a lot of them. But I think just thinking about um, the pictures and uh, what freedom means to them, and and it's also a really nice opportunity to families to work together on a piece of art, which which a lot of them don't have the time to do anymore. So so it's really worked for that. Kent Online Showbiz.
0: Former One Direction star Louis Tomlinson's been on KMFM to talk about his latest single. He's been chatting to Gary and Laura on Breakfast after releasing We Made It. He started off by asking Gary a question. Why double? R? Oh, on the Gary, I've never seen that before. Two R's oh, on the Gary, it is because
6: um, my mum liked the name Gary, but when she wrote it down, she didn't like the look of it, so they put an extra R <laughs> I in. I like
8: it, I like it. Okay, say,
6: cool. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. How yeah, just wondered, like, you. just
2: uh, yeah, just uh, inquisitive there. I always wonder
6: about Louis as well, because often you know, Louis, I think Americans mm. especially. Uh, Have you had problems with that?
2: I was known as Lewis um, at school. People knew me as Lewis. I didn't love the name Louis at first and then my first audition came around for X Factor. Simon called me Louis and I didn't look back since, so...
8: (laughs) (laughs) So, Simon! Cal literally, literally,
2: literally. Well, not quite, but. Simon <laughs> Cow named you Louis. Now nah, it is my name, Louis, but I was known as Louis back home, and then That's all of so a sudden, funny. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yeah.
5: Imagine all your schoolmates being like, "Oh, I knew him when oh, he was Louis." Exactly, he's exactly. He's, he's changed. changed. <laughs> he's even changed him. his
2: name. Yeah. <laughs>
6: (laughs) Okay. well, look, the new song has been inspired by the crazy mix. You've got that massive uh, showbiz thing going on, but then you want to kind of keep the real life as well. So this is what this song, We Made It, it's kind of about, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's just me trying to reflect, really. Some of the lyrics are quite nostalgic. I'm talking about a time when I was going to visit my girlfriend in when she was staying at university, and I was actually still on the tour at this point, the world tour at One Direction, so I was kind of moving between like a tour bus and then going to stay with her at her halls. So it was nice to be able to live it through my girlfriend a little bit.
0: If you missed their chat this morning, you can listen at kmfm.co.uk And tickets are now on sale to see Westlife in Kent next summer. The Irish boy band are coming to the Spitfire Grounds in Canterbury in July as part of their stadium tour.
1: Kent Online Sport.
0: Football and Gillingham have got a tough game in the first round of the FA Cup. They're travelling to take on Sunderland tomorrow. The Jules will be hoping to put last weekend's disappointing 3 0 home defeat against Rotherham behind them. And skipper Maxima says a good cup run could change their season for the better.
9: As a team, I think we're making little mistakes that are sort of getting punished at the moment, um, but. We're not sort of getting maybe some of the decisions or certain things that we feel could drop for us um, and that's just a matter of time and keep working hard and those things will start falling for us. I think it's a, it's a cup game obviously playing at a good stadium against a good team and I think we'll be looking to sort of repeat what we've done last year in terms of a good sort of FA Cup run and I think at the end of the day it's 11 players against 11 players and I think we'll be definitely going there to win the game.
3: Because last, last year you ended up at a big stadium at Swansea, didn't you, yeah. with, with that game? And this year you, you start with one stadium yeah, yeah. like. What was your reaction when
9: you, you found out about the draw? Um, no, it's good. I mean, obviously, nothing beats a good cup run, obviously. We've got the league to focus on, but then it's a little sort of diversion, I guess. And I think when it comes to the cup, I think it's just a... It's not a one-off game, but I think you're going into that and sort of, yeah, like you said, a clean slate. And we'll be looking forward to it. But yeah, no, I mean, i played there a few times as... It is a Premier League stadium and obviously we enjoy playing matches but I think obviously it helps when the stadium's as big and as
10: nice as what it is.
0: Gillingham's assistant manager Paul Rayner has also been speaking to us ahead of the match.
10: We just try and pick a, a strong team to go and win a, a cup tie. You know, we've, we've been here before many, many times. Um, we will go into the game as underdogs. It's a tough place to go, but it's an exciting place to go. You know, uh, there'll be a, it's a fantastic stadium, you know, uh, you know great fans a great club, you know, with lots of tradition, so, you know, it's not the draw we would have really wanted, everybody wants a, a home tie, but, uh, you know, to be going there is tough, but also uh, we're looking forward to it. We've we've had both sides of the coin, we've gone to non-league clubs, small grounds, you know, you know, with high expectations from us, and we've, we'll have the opposite on Saturday, you know, nobody will give us a chance, we're going away from home to an established club, you know. Premier League club not so long ago, so uh, nobody will give us a real chance. But that that may play into our hands a little bit. They've got a new manager, an experienced manager. You know, he's uh, they've got a win on Saturday, and uh, that will give them a little bit of confidence as well. So uh, you know, we're uh, we're anticipating uh, you know we're a good team. They've got a, you know a lot of depth in their squad, some quality players. So uh, you know, we know we'll, we'll be up against it. But as I say, that might uh, that might kick our boys on to, uh, to a good performance. It's the FA Cup. It's a, a fantastic competition. You know, some people you know, say it's been degraded by you know, people playing weakened teams it's still the FA Cup, it's still very special and, and we're really looking forward to it
0: Kick-off tomorrow's at 1 and in cricket, England have thrashed New Zealand in their fourth T20 international to level the series at 2-2. They won by 76 runs in Napier but Kent's Sam Billings didn't get a chance to score any. David Mallon hit a century off just 48 balls, the quickest ever by an Englishman. The decided match will be played on sunday that's it from me today but for more news at any time you can head to kentonline.co.uk
1: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast